This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Rachel Norton and Dr. Kelly Bonwell. So, Rachel. Hi, Kelly. Good to see you today. Yes, I'm excited to share this time with you today and with our friends who are here. Yeah, we got a surprise for our listeners. Um, Today, as I was driving in, um, I was kind of taken aback because over the night, tons of trees budded new life. And the theme for this season is uh, new life of God bringing new life. And that is uh, a big theme that we're going to talk about today. We're going to interview Jim and Sharon McFarland. Uh, I had the privilege, and so did you, of working with Jim for quite a few years, and he's since retired, but he'll get to tell more of that story. How do you know Jim and Sharon? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. When I was new on staff, I got to meet with the people who were already on the leader team, and one of my first meetings was with Sharon and that's where we got to step into your story. And I, I fell for Jim before I met him and found out he was my coworker. So we Funny. learned a lot about just God's redemptive story in your life and in your life as a couple. And so uh, we're excited to have you here on the podcast today. Now, Sharon, I know you are a retired teacher. Yes. And, and Jim, you used to be in sales. I did. And yet you found your way to the pastoral staff at Ada Bible at one point. Oh. But this is our opportunity to just hear more about you. Tell us about you. Tell us about your family. Go ahead, Jim. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I <laughs> raised in a Christian family uh, in the Detroit area in Farmington Hills. Um, family, this is my second marriage. And um, yeah, it's... Um, um, been really an interesting time because um, I was married for 42 years um, to uh, Karen, and uh, we went through a nine-year ovarian cancer journey, and um, yeah, it was pretty pretty hard um, time. But um, I have four uh, kids between the two of us. Two um, uh, on my side, it would be uh, uh, son Dave and daughter Jennifer, and Dave's in town with three grandkids, and uh, Jennifer's in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, where she recently retired from the police force. Wow. And yeah, we are excited that she's out of that mm-hmm. um, that area. And you know, but, when the kids start retiring, that's a thing. <laughs> well, she more transitioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This transition. Maybe a better oh, yeah, term. That's uh, great. That's great. In, into no, into real estate with Keller Williams. And so Thanks. we're really, really liking that. Um, yeah. Baron, okay. how about you? Well, I was um, born in the Detroit area and raised there in a wonderful Christian family. The uh, only rose among the thorns, as they said, with three brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had a wonderful growing up life. Um, ended up after college teaching in middle school and high school English for 26 years, both wow. Christian school and public school. Well, wow, Sharon, you times. think of the number of lives you got to touch during mm-hmm. those years. I thought of myself as just a piece of the puzzle of their lives, you know, so that was a privilege. And um, I have, as Jim said, two children. And together, Jim and I now have nine grandchildren. Yes, um, which we love. Yeah, 
and uh, we do. That's a big part of our lives. I have a son in town with a wonderful wife and three children. They attend NAP campus, Ada Bible, and uh, Wes. And I have a daughter in Texas married with a child. So uh, we keep busy seeing our daughters out of town and our sons and their families in town. And I know grandkids are a huge part of your life, but I know serving is too and volunteering. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, I can start, I guess. We lead a couple small group together. We co-lead it. And um, there's 14 in our group. We absolutely love the small group. Um, I also lead a men's group. Um, I have a, a guy that I mentor, a Kelvin student. Uh, love doing that. And um, kind of organically when, you know, situations arise, uh, we kind of move into those to care for people and direct them and, and just kind of assist them in their spiritual journeys and what they're experiencing. How about Sharon? Well, I've done a lot of volunteering, of course, too. Um, back in the day, you know, pioneer girls and choirs and stuff like that. And uh, as Rachel mentioned, I've been involved in Thrive, um, co-leading for quite a few years and um, with Jim and the couples group. And then I volunteer, get women together to go to PRC, Pregnancy Resource Center, and do work there. Um, usually once, once a month we do that. And, um, and then I visit a few people regularly. Um, on my own personal care list. So it, it's good. Well, and Kelly, didn't you say there was kind of a story about how Jim went from sales to staff? Yeah, I want to hear about that one. I, I don't know that story. Why don't you share a few words about that, about how you made that transition? You know, I did a lot of volunteer work uh, in small groups and coaching and leading and so forth, and I just had this passion and I just felt God's spirit pushing on me and pushing on me and pushing on me. And then I was trying to investigate, well, what does this look like? And it was kind of um, wild as I was leading a small group and a, doing some coaching of other small group leaders when I met with Phil Niekirk. Um, we were at a restaurant and um, I kind of rolled out my heart to him. And um, it's very cool how it all transpired uh, and how it just happened. And, um, you know, he, uh, after I rolled out some detail, he says, Jim, he says, you know, that's where I kind of chuckled and said, that's where I, I was, uh, way back. And, uh, he said, and I want you to know when I, um, went back to the office, he said, I was talking to Sam Tawney and Sam asked how the lunch went. And, uh, he said, you know, Jim's the guy we have to look at seriously for our next staff hire in small groups and it's like wow that that really took me back and um and then looking at it five months later i was on staff wow that's an amazing transition yeah. amazing story yeah. maybe there's somebody out there you know you're you're working in business or uh in some field that's not ministry related and jim you took that kind of walking out on water experience mm -hmm. and i know that it was uh Working here was a major blessing for you and a major blessing for all the people you got to serve. So we're going to transition now to a little bit, you know, the more serious and more important parts of uh, your story. Uh, a big part of your story is you both were married and you lost your spouse. And uh, Jim, I want you to start first. Uh, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about 
Karen and a little bit about your marriage and uh, a little bit about that loss and, and Yes, uh, I was married for 42 years. We went through a cancer journey of ovarian cancer for nine years, and um, I had an incredible marriage. Um, first 15 years, I probably uh, had a lot more to learn, um, but I, as I discovered things, I worked hard on some things, and uh, the last 25-plus years, we just cruised and um, had many friends that would say, Jim, I, I can't believe your marriage. I would really like to have one like that. So I felt very, very blessed, um, you know, going through that. Um, just really difficult time, but a time that I saw God, you know, very much at work. Yeah. So Sharon, how about you? What's your story that kind of ties to that? Well, I also experienced grief in losing my mates, plural. Um, I lost the first one after 20 years to an unexpected, unwanted divorce. And then, um, seven years later, I remarried to, um, another wonderful man actually. And after 10 years, he passed away from cancer. So, um, both times, as you can imagine, were pretty devastating, life altering for both me and my children. But that was really a big time in my life where I just hunkered down into scripture and found so much to help me, but especially in Isaiah 43, 18 to 19, a verse that was like Jesus was just standing there saying this to me when I thought, what am I supposed to do? What, what's next? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am waking away in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. And that really was something I hung on to and realized that <clears throat> no person can be your central reason for living. Um, people are all gifts. And it's just the Lord is the one who stays with us, who gives us purpose, meaning. And I knew he had, was still with me, would not leave me. And that he had new plans for me. Didn't know what they were, but that was the beginning of that. And um, I entered that life of singleness for the second time before I moved to, 80 to be, Ada to be near my children. And there was a, from when we met, there was a little part of your story after Ed passed away where you were like, eh, I don't think I'm going to do that oh, again. Oh, yes. When I moved to Ada, it was with the total purpose of being Mimi to my grandchildren and mom to my kids and just not ever, ever, ever consider remarrying because it's, it's just so much grief and so much adjustment. So I, the Lord knew my heart and I told him in prayer, I did not want to get remarried. I told all my friends, don't try to set me up with somebody. Um, I was in my late fifties when Ed got sick and I think I'd I, he died when I was 59, so I thought, I don't care. I've, I've had actually two good marriages. So, you know, thank you, Lord, moving on. But then it was like the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and said, well, never tell me how things should go. Just always submit and be open. So I said, okay, Lord, I am open to what you have. But honestly, if it's marriage again, you're going to have to put this person right in my lap, put it very clear to me because I'm not looking. That is so funny. So Jim, 
So now we're now we're at the part of the episode where we talk about how you fell in love, uh, because uh, as uh, as Sharon kind of alluded to, uh, at the very least, you got to put him in my neighborhood, right? <laughs> my lap, lap. Kelly. I mean, <laughs> so Jim, why don't you start that story and and how did you and Sharon? So Karen has passed away yeah. sadly, and yeah, well. You know, I did a, it's, it's interesting. My grief journey is very much tied into um, my love journey uh, with Sharon. Um, it, it's really, um, yeah, it's really incredible. I, I would meet with guys, you know, after I had done the funeral for their spouse and just kind of pick their brain. How are you walking through this grief thing? How are you doing with that? And, you know, I'd gone to the American Association of Christian Counselors uh, conferences numerous times took out breakout sessions, uh, you know, with with grief, and I had books, and I would follow up with people, and I did a fair share of um, celebration of life services, and I would follow up, but nothing prepares you for going through it yourself. So about four months after Karen passed, um, and I met with several guys, I wanted to pick Sharon's brain. And I asked her if she would like to walk. You know, she had become friends with a, a bunch of us where we live in the Villas of Ada. She was actually a friend of Karen's. And so when we walked, um, um, yeah, I asked her a lot of questions. And one of the things that stands out to me that she stated was, Jim, you know, during this time, you're going to learn to love Jesus like you never have. Mm. And that really proved to be so very true. And then, you know, uh, we'd walk a couple times uh, a week, maybe two or three times, because she was at Maranatha for the summer. But when it came to fall time, it was like, um, yeah, um, something else is going on here. Uh, we both identified that. And um, so, yeah, kind of kind of wild. Um, and then, yeah, you transition to other things, you know, that we're going to touch on shortly. But um yeah, it was very, very neat process how God kind of worked through all that. Sharon, what was your perspective during that time? Well, it was interesting that before Karen passed, and I was watching those two thinking, oh, you know, I've just been through that journey, and I could see how well they were handling it, that difficult. So I was watching them and very impressed. Um But even before Karen got to the end there, God had put a restlessness in my heart. I told you how I was so set. This is what I'm doing. And I just thought, oh, there's something else for me. I think anytime a Christian feels a little restless, we should wonder if that's from the Lord. What Mm -hmm. is it you're you're telling me? So I started praying about what kind of ministry he had for me. And um, nothing became real clear. I mean, was already volunteering and involving. Well, it's neat, Sharon. You were connecting the wrestling to some ministry he might have in mind for yeah, you. Yeah, I felt like it was the Lord putting that in my heart. You know, like, what else is there for me? So um, then after we walked for a while and kind of felt encouragement to each other, I started thinking, oh, I wonder. I just wonder in a way off if sometime this might turn into something. Um, and I'd always enjoyed Jim. He was in a group of our friends, like he said, and was funny in the life of the party a lot of times, and both very social. 
Well, it's neat because it started out as a friendship and Jim knew he could reach out to you because you'd walked a similar road. Mm. He'd watched That's you right. trust God in the face of grief and, and you could almost be his guide a little bit mm-hmm. in that unique encouragement. We see that happening at Ada Bible all the time. Mm. People walking beside people mm-hmm. who are where they were and they know they found God faithful there. Mm-hmm. So they're walking beside that one mm-hmm. when um, they're they're just in the beginning stages of the journey. So. Yep. But something started brewing between the two of you. And did you did you have like a conversation at one point mm-hmm. where you actually spoke it out loud? Mm-hmm. Yes, the weather was getting cold. Yes. And <laughs> we were trying to be very circumspect, you know, <laughs> stay out in the open all the time and knew all the neighbors were watching what was going on. After and, walking, we'd <laughs> sit on the patio and talk. Yeah, we'd stay out and we would sit in an open garage. Um, <laughs> when it rained. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then we decided, you know, maybe we could start having coffee or something. But Jim was on staff at that time. Mm-hmm. And we were aware, this ooh, this is kind of close to his loss of Karen. Right away, we both had all these concerns. Yep. Um, you wondered, was it too soon? That's mm-hmm. exactly okay. right. Okay, we And you wondered were, if people would wonder if it was too yeah. soon. Yeah, we were yeah. conscious of being a model for people, for our children, for other people, you know, watching us. We wanted to respect our friends who were still grieving mm-hmm. Karen's loss, mm-hmm. our children, especially Jim's children and family members. Yeah, that was huge. I, I tied right in with that. It's the same thing. I was looking at, wow, this is six months. Is this too quick? And am I honoring my Lord in this? Am I honoring my position on staff as a small groups pastor? Um, Am I honoring the memory of Karen, who I had an incredibly great marriage with? So, yeah, all those things were kind of coming to mind. Um, and so, yeah, that was really a crucial part Jim, uh, for as you, we transitioned. What, what for you, Jim, what kind of moved you forward? You know, um, there were a couple things that occurred. Um, one at that point is I had a conversation with you, Kelly, um, and I had shared with you how Karen had <laughs> remarkably a year before she passed talked to my daughter, um, just stating that, you know, if um, when I'm gone, if God puts a, a lady in, in, in your dad's life, I want you to, I want you to allow for that. And uh, then six months later, and six months before she passed, she has this conversation with me. I, I didn't know she had talked to Jennifer. And it's like, I said, Karen, do you know how much interest I have in anybody and all the widows in our neighborhood mm-hmm. and all? And I put my fingers up with a big zero, and, and that was really, really true. Um, but it was, yeah, it, it was just, it was a, an incredible time that, um, um, yeah, just caused me to reflect. And, um, and then I talked to you, Kelly, and you you said, Jim, do you realize the gift, the gift that Karen gave you? And I thought about that. Even reading a book, um, you know, it talked about you don't need to be a martyr because you're not breaking vows. Your spouse is no longer here. So that was really, that helped me, that helped me take an, another step and, and move forward. Well, I think you guys have just such a unique story. And uh, I in, in both circumstances, you know, you uh, with, the Isaiah verse, Sharon, uh, just, we have to be careful of not putting God in a box. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, and you followed 
through with that, and now you're happily married, very much so, and God has redeemed that. Um, but there's another important part of your story that I really liked, and and I can actually remember you coming to me and telling me about this, and that is uh, the 30-day sabbatical. Yes. Talk to me about that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I had some grief counseling uh, you know, almost immediately after Karen passed with a lady that was very godly and very wise, uh, Nancy Kingma, who specializes in grief counseling. And um, so, you know, as we're moving along in this process, uh, I was I was having a difficult time moving forward with, with Sharon. And it was some point, maybe around a year, um, you know, it was very apparent that I was not done with my grief yet. Um, we had a kind of a memorial around the, the graveside at year one, and I was a, I was a mess, and it was um, really, really difficult. And um, so shortly after that, I went and saw Nancy again, and she gave me some really wise words, and she said something to the effect, Jim, maybe you're having a difficult time moving forward in your relationship with Sharon because you have not fully grieved Karen. And maybe you're not fully able to grieve Karen because you have a relationship with Sharon. So she suggested maybe taking a 30-day sabbatical. And what was ironic is be Sharon's sister-in-law two days before stated the same thing and one of my closest friends one month before said, Jim, what is the rush? Take some time, take a break and see where, where God might be leading you if this is the real thing or not. And so, that break was very important for me too, because I was very wary of getting into the middle of Jim's grief, mm-hmm. um, particularly with his children, his friends, and even him. Um, you know, I, had, I saw him still cry on and off, you know, and I still cried once in a while about Ed, and it had been some years, but I just was very concerned about that, and I also wanted to make sure that I wasn't just a, quote, filler to Mm. replace Karen, because she was a lovely, lovely lady, but we are different, and I am me, and I have another family to involve here, and there are so many other things, and so that was a concern for me, and I could tell he just couldn't quite get past his grief yet. And it was fresh. I mean, it was a year. Well, that just sounds like evidence of such wisdom. But also, you were you were getting attached. So to give permission to let let's push pause, mm-hmm. and you know, you go, you know, invest in your grief journey, mm-hmm. you know, and and entrusting that to the Lord, not knowing what the future would hold, that says a lot about you. Yeah, we did not talk or text or anything. It was just really weird. We realized how how attached we had become. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jim broke it once, but. Oh, fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so it was 29 and a half days sabbatical. Yeah. Or well, so, yeah. But, yeah. Day, but, day two, I'm driving home from the office, and I'm pulling up to the driveway, and, and there's there's Sharon with her three grandkids in a wagon, and here's little Oliver that comes charging up. Hi, Mr. Jim. And it's like. Oh boy, yeah. here we are. <laughs> Hi, Sharon. It's like, it was kind was. of awkward. And then we met at the end of that, and that yeah. was actually awkward. It was. And I was very quiet because I thought, I want this man to talk. 
I want to hear if he really missed me. I want him, mm. I really want him to declare, you know, what he likes about me, what he wants, why he wants to get back with me, even though it was a planned breakup. Yeah. That was kind of <laughs> wild because I'm going on and on on what I experienced. <laughs> and uh, we met at a restaurant, kind of a neutral place. And uh, it was very quiet in the middle of the afternoon, nobody in there. And I'm, I'm rolling out what I had experienced, what I was going through and how he missed her, et cetera. And I felt like, I told you earlier I was in sales. <laughs> I felt like I was doing quite a sales job here because I'm not getting any response from her. She's just listening, and it's like, oh, boy. And um, I did have a little inside skinny from some mutual friends, but, uh, you know. Um, that I that missed had <laughs> But still, I, she's, she's really, you could tell she's really thinking through this, and rightly so. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so you're saying Sharon should maybe go on the poker circuit? <laughs> yeah, there you go. She did very well there. She wasn't tipping no, her hand, that's for sure. And so Jim was squirming a little bit. Yeah, okay. I was, okay, where's she coming mm. from? But, um, yeah, so we, um, yeah, we ended up, um, and then, um, I had talked to Nancy further about this as we were moving along and she said, um, I asked it, so after we're done with the 30 day, 33 days is what it was, sabbatical, uh, what do you think about us kind of re-engaging slowly? And she said, I think that'd be very appropriate. A couple times a year. And, uh, or a couple times a week. A couple, <laughs> couple times a year, yeah. That was no. a slow takeoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple times a week and just kind of move into it, you know, slowly again and see where you go. And Sharon, where, where did it go from there? Actually, you know, to where you then get married. Well, you know, we continued, we just sort of felt a relief, like, okay, we know we're going to get together, but there wasn't like this major timeline. I did tell him once we got engaged, we were going to get married quickly, you know, and once we knew that we, we had reached that point. And as it turned out, we had a three-week engagement. Yeah. Um, but um, Kelly, I think that breaks the record of all the couples we've sat down <laughs> with so far. Okay, so just want to know that. Don't, don't hey. do that. Yeah. We knew yeah. each other, yeah. however. Yes. <laughs> Actually, for quite a few years because of living in the neighborhood, too. And yeah. we yeah. did a lot as uh, 10, 12 yeah. of us together. So Yeah, anyway, go on. Yeah, but um, yeah, we, we, we started doing these little trips and traveling together you know it's expensive we got a couple motel rooms or i'd stay but i know we we went one trip i remember we went to traverse city and i had mm -hmm. been there a lot and enjoyed it but it was especially special place for jim and karen mm -hmm. so jim's idea was which was a great idea we went there and i stayed with some friends the first night and he went and stayed at a motel where they often stayed and Went out to eat, didn't you, that night? And went, you know, and walked around and looked at places he had been. Just sort of, I don't know, did you shed a few tears? You know, you should just mm -hmm. got through things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I did surprisingly well with that, but uh, it was maybe suggested that I visit some of those favorite places mm -hmm. um, to kind of move through the grief. And, uh, and I did that with the hotel, as Sharon mentioned, with uh, an eatery that we used to like. Uh, actually, some of the shops that, um, you know, Karen used to, to like. And here's a guy walking into a women's store. It's like kind of bizarre. But, um, you know, it was really 
helpful for me to, to process and to say, you know what, I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing okay with this. You know, Jim, uh, this morning I was speaking with uh, a couple who lost their son, 40-year-old son, to cancer. And uh, one of the things I said to him is often when we go through grief, we try to distract ourselves mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to not really face it. And mm-hmm. I hope it's at least a little bit coming out to our listeners that, you know, I got to walk a little bit with that journey with you and you did a deep dive in walking through your grief and, uh, you know, you should, and, and, and I think Listeners need to hear that. You can't yeah. just skim over things. Yes. And just that little anecdotal story about, you know, revisiting those mm-hmm. places that you and Karen so frequent, and that's, that's really beautiful and a part of that journey. Mm-hmm. I think another thing I really loved that Jim and I allowed each other was the fact that we listened to each other's grief and stories. I still had grief. I mean, you never get over losing someone you love. And you have to allow that person to still feel for them. And so he could tell me stories, nice memories, or say, oh, I went here with Karen or did this or that, and I didn't feel bad. Or I would tell him something I had done with Ed that Mm -hmm. this reminded me of. And uh, we combined our lives that way and let each other still Mm -hmm. have that person special to them. I think think that's... What you just said, Sharon, is so important. I think if you're going to get remarried after losing mm-hmm. someone, because I think maybe some couples maybe in an unhealthy way don't allow for that. Mm-hmm. Like basically say, yeah, I don't really want to hear about your ex or your, mm-hmm. your, your spouse that passed away. And, and it's so cool that you both engaged in that. And we, we never compare, but we're free to talk about mm-hmm. them. Uh, I want to just share another thing that uh, I remember doing with Sharon. The first year, um, Karen passed the end of March. Uh, I did not want to put up a Christmas tree. But Sharon was encouraging me to do that. So she says, I'll come over and I'll help you decorate it. So as we're doing that, we're halfway, two-thirds of the way through, and all of a sudden, Sharon gets all emotional, started crying. And I said, what's wrong? She says, I miss Karen, you know, because she was her friend too. And it's like, and that gets me all weepy. And, uh, but yeah, we, we were free to express mm-hmm. that and, and not to belittle this when we start looking at something at six months, every morning I would wake up for the first two months, I would cry my eyes out, but I would cry out my eyes to my Lord and, um, and he would listen, he would hear. So that is like what Sharon said, where you can expect to grow in your relationship with Jesus in this yeah. hard place. Yeah. For sure. Well, you made it to the altar, and you both mentioned that you have kids. Can you tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about that wedding look like and how the kids respond to uh, you getting married to one another? Mm-hmm. Well, we definitely talked to our kids when we were dating and asked them how they felt about it. And uh, my kids wanted me to be very cautious of walking into the middle of his grief and to make sure, you know, his family was okay. And um, I think we were trying to watch out for our kids a lot. And we told our grandchildren that this was Mr. Jim and Miss Sharon. We wanted to make it clear we weren't married. Um, so we kind of kept that that way. But we, we got married in his son's backyard with our family. 
And uh, I think the most special thing about that day was we had Kevin Baker marry us outdoors mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he got up and said that the Lord had given him a special verse for us, mm-hmm. and he read my my verse, Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, and we both looked at each other and started crying. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And it was just such a beautiful confirmation that this was what God had yeah. for me, for us. You know, the word um, permission is is a word coming to mind throughout our time with you, that you gave one another permission to still have, uh, you know, still have pain, you know, to, in saying goodbye to that one that you love so much, you weren't threatened by the other one's love mm-hmm. for that other person. There was room mm-hmm. for that. You sought the kid's permission mm-hmm. when you got married. And so, you know, you hear more permission here of giving God permission mm-hmm. to do a new work mm-hmm. in your life. And it was 26 months after Karen's passing that we got married. And as Sharon mentioned it was a three-week engagement part of that would have been maybe a month and a half but her daughter was planning on moving and um, way out in california IA. so uh, we needed to kind of move that up a, a few weeks mm-hmm. so you got married and then has anything been challenging no <laughs> no nothing, nothing. <laughs> we were perfect <laughs> We took personality tests with Kelly, and he said he'd never seen yeah. a couple so yeah. well suited. We laugh about it that. Was great. Yeah. It was great. I remember that. So what's oh. what's been, you know, let's look at some of the challenges of getting married again. What have, what have been some things that you've learned along the way in those challenges, too? Well, I think I um, tend to be a strong person. I mean, I grew up with these three brothers. I've, you know raised kids on my own. I, you know, as a career woman, I, I've been on my own a fair amount. And so I've sort of kept the strings and knew how to do all the finances, everything else. And, um, and like any marriage had things that I did, even when I was married, these were my roles, these were yours. And then you marry someone and they have a whole different pattern, you know, like, well, I like to do this too. Jim likes to decorate. I'm like, wait a minute, house decorating is totally my thing. Oh, sure. (laughs) And um, so we've worked through making that almost a hobby and enjoying it together. But, um, you know, stuff like that, just little things like that. And then um, I know for me, I really felt like taking that class respectfully yours, even though I had been married twice before. Um, It was a good, fresh reminder to me of the male viewpoint you know, what a man needs to feel like a man. Um, so it was, it was good for me as a reminder and a, for this new marriage so I could be a better life dance partner, I told Jim, sure. with him. Well, and Sharon, you're, you're mentioning that Thrive um, short-term group, so that women's ministry short-term group opportunity, Respectfully Yours, where it's an opportunity to consider ways we can honor God in our role as a wife and love our husband well. And that was your heart. Mm -hmm. So I I would, Jim's been the beneficiary of all that. So, uh, but what about you, Jim? What's, what's been a little challenging? You know, uh, yeah, for me, um, it's personality differences. Um, And I have a friend that I used to meet with for 10 years that was uh, what I'm going to call a processor. And uh, Sharon's a processor. 
um, as we roll out situations or we interact with each other, ask each other questions and so forth, she tends to take a few minutes to think it through. Um, whereas uh, in, in my situation, um, I, I process um, fairly quickly. I think it through, but I can have about 80% of what I'm thinking fairly quickly. So I've learned to be um, more patient, um, to listen, to communicate with her, make sure we're on the same page as far as hearing each other and, um, and so forth. So that's been um, something that, um, yeah, I continue to work on. So, um, but how just, just kind of Jim's very kind. I forget things. I don't hear things. I'm a single focus person, even though I'm kind of a woman multitasker. So I have to, that's my challenge to learn to really listen and repeat what he says, write it down. If it takes doing something. Well, again, I think it goes back to that personality test you guys took, you know, and that is, yeah. Know, you're different people mm-hmm. and you uh, you're trying to navigate uh, another person's personality. So with that, uh, if you were to and maybe you guys have already, but if you were to meet with a couple who is in a similar circumstance, they've lost their spouse, they want to get remarried, what would be some of the items that you would be like, okay, these are really important for you to focus on? I, I would start with don't be a martyr. Um, that person you were married to is no, no longer alive. You are not breaking any vows. So, um, you know, move forward cautiously, um, but, but move forward. Uh, I'd also talk to them about listening, about communication skills, about sensitivity to, you know, the other person and hearing what they say and, and, um, and being patient. Um, Karen, what about you? Well, I like to bring up um, my wedding band with this because it's a very special thing that we thought through. It's a, it's a series of discs that has different diamonds from different times in both our lives, um, from Karen, from my mom's engagement ring, from, well, we, we changed the middle stone, but that was from Ed Money from that stone. And then we have two bands holding these discs together. And it's like, we're putting all these circles that represent the parts of our lives together and making something new out of that. Um, it's, it's not totally new. It's who we are with all these past things put together and then a reformation of it. So that would be important for me to say to someone, make sure that you, you accept and love all those things from the past and bring it into your marriage, including family. Um, I find it easy to love Jim's family, fortunately. But, um, you know, when and if either of us would have something to say about a person, uh, a sister-in-law, a brother, a brother-in-law, and someone's family, you have to remember those are people that person loves. You're the latecomer. And I think that's true in not just a remarriage, any marriage. Um, so being gracious about family members and um, loving on the other person's grandchildren, trying to combine things when you can. I've learned, through Ed, we learned it took five to seven years for a blended family to feel a little more relaxed and like this is who we are. 
So good. So, uh, Jim, Sharon is a really, really good writer. And uh, I pulled some of my notes from some of the things she shared with me. And I, I want you guys to talk about this last one because it, uh, it's a very nuanced issue. But I thought, wow, that's really insightful. Uh, Sharon wrote, with our later in life marriage, we have found it helpful financially mm. to have a combined account for our spending and giving to which we each add monthly. Otherwise, past assets are kept separately in trust for our children. We have made our children aware of our plans. Talk to me, you know, you can't get away from the fact that there are uh, finances involved with remarriage. And you guys have taken, I think, a very, now, somebody could take a different angle at it, but I thought you guys took a really wise angle at that. Just for a few minutes, talk about that. Yeah, to hear some of the why behind that. Yeah, well, we both brought um, pretty close to the same uh, amount of assets and so forth into the marriage. However, we both decided we want to be above reproach. And um, so we talked to a lawyer on this and so forth. Um, so that that's how we came up with that idea. We um, have a common checking account where we operate and our social security checks go in there. And then um, based on how we spend and what we do on trips, et cetera, uh, at the end of the month when that visa bill is due, um, we put an equal amount in together to handle our mm-hmm. our uh, expenses. And our social security checks go into that common account to start with. Yep. So that's our operating fund. And I think it draws us together. Even when our giving, we decide together what groups, what people to give to. Um, and that's mm-hmm. a good thing. We pray about it. Mm-hmm. And Brings us together. The only time we do separate things if we want to do a special gift to a family member or something like that. Um, That's great. It's a, it's a you know like I said it's a nuanced topic within remarriage, but um, especially if for uh, couples who are kind of getting uh, remarried later in life, this financial thing has to be kind mm-hmm. of talked about. And when Sharon wrote about it, I thought you know what some of our listeners need to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's obvious that God brought you together and you came to this marriage with a deep faith mm-hmm. in the Lord Jesus Christ. Since getting married, how would you say you've experienced God? Like, is there some quality of God that comes to mind um, that you've experienced in Him in this new marriage? I love the fact that God redeems. He redeems pain. He redeems grief. And um, He can make something new again. And, um, you know, it's interesting, had a wonderful relationship, um, as I mentioned earlier, but you know what you can love, you can love again. It's just different and it can be a good difference. And that's the, that's the really cool, cool thing. Um, I love how God orchestrates and works. Um, and he knew this for years and years and years and, um, He's, he's with you moment by moment as you seek him. Um, he will be found. And so that to me is just, that's powerful. And yeah, I love that part. That is powerful. Thank you for sharing that with us, Jim. It, it's different and it can be a good different. You said that's, that'll stick with people. It'll stick with me. How about you, Sharon? Well, I agree. I think we both had a deep faith and that's part 
a big thing that drew us together. Um, so I think that still continues. We both have our own personal chair time. Um, but we do pray together, and we do talk about things sometimes um, and encourage one another in a certain direction. Oh, you can't do that because think, you know, yeah. what that says about, you know, we sort of guard each other's hearts and actions that way. So, um, but we certainly have the same prayer requests and, um, and, and in respectfully yours, that class, and in other ways too, I've realized how much I need to pray for Jim, you know, instead of just going over and over in my mind, oh, there's that same old thing again you know, that annoys me or whatever. It's a, it's a prayer thing um, and see what God does. And then it's really cool to hear Jim say, you know, I was thinking about this. This really bothers me. I want to talk to you about this. I'm like, oh, here we are talking about that because he felt the Spirit bring that to him. And I know it's, my heart isn't right. So I, I like that, how we're not settled without coming together on things. And well, to- it's, go ahead, Jim. Okay, I was just going to say, to add what Sharon uh, stated there, which is, is so big, and just to kind of expound it a little more, is we do life and you run into situations. Um, counsel and wisdom from each other, um, because we both seek God, we both want to honor God in our things, to be able to bounce things by each other and mm-hmm. talk about it, it's like, that's, that is like really, really big, because mm-hmm. as we are honoring our God, uh, it's how you interact with people, and it's how you work through difficult circumstances that are so crucial because you want to reflect the love of Christ as you're doing that. So I love being able to bounce those things back and forth with each other and think them through and then come to an agreement on things. Well, well, that's what I was going to say, too. That I've, It seems like you've really experienced God as your counselor and your teacher and all those things in this new relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, I think... We've talked about it in past episodes, uh, especially to those who are dating. It's so important to find a spouse who, uh, if you're in a place where you want to go deep with your relationship with God, it's so vital to find a, a spouse who, who is in that same place. And not everybody is, you know, and, and that's that part where it takes time to figure out, you know, is this person in the same space as I am when it comes to my relationship with God. So uh, this time has been so amazing with you guys. To kind of finish up here, I want you just uh, each to talk about one or two things that you just really love about the other person and are just so grateful uh, for them to be in your life right now. Jim, why don't you go first? I love, I totally love how Karen Oh my, there you go. <laughs> we also forgive yes, each other for do doing that. that. And there's permission uh, for that too. There is okay. permission. We do. Hey, hey. my, it's crazy. <laughs> Even you know after what? all these years. We are not going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's glad that you did that. Because, yeah. because we've done that more than a well, couple times. I mean, times. come on. You're, yeah. their, their names they're are so, so similar. Close. Yeah, oh, And so I have close. no excuse, but I can still do it too. <laughs> so I love how Sharon um, moves into relationships. She has so much impact in the lives of her ladies and thrive. Uh, our friends, um, they love her to death. Uh, our family, um, they love Mimi. You don't know what that does for me. Um, that I love the fact that they do and the, the relationship that she's forged with them. 
um, just really, really big. Um, I love the fact that uh, she cares for me too and loves on me and uh, just um, the great relationship we have with each other. It just continues to get better and better and better. And I believe that we as a couple are so much better together. And um, just, yeah, I was telling her before this podcast, um, just affirming her in so many things and, and how much I appreciate her. And um, I feel like a very blessed, blessed man. Awesome, Jim. Sharon? Well, I like Jim because he's fun. <laughs> <laughs> He we can attest to that. Yes. <laughs> he likes to sing and laugh. Um, he brings a lot of joy in my life. He's a great encourager. Um, he's also very relational. You know, the grandkids are saying always, oh, Grandpa's talking to someone again. <laughs> he knows so many people, but I do like that. He expands my world in a lot of ways, um, has brought a lot into my life, and I'm super thankful for his family. I really do enjoy the children, their spouses, and the grandchildren are just over-the-top special. In fact, I can get teary sometimes thinking that I am the grandma for them because I think about Karen, mm. and I feel like I'm, I'm doing that because I love it, but trying to think this is what these little girls need. I've added five little girls to my cachet <laughs> through, <laughs> through Jim. Um, and then I love... Um, that he has a servant's heart. He's a real server. He's a great support to me and everything, just everyday life and on and on. And Well, you know, when you just see them across the atrium, you just see you, you two have such a deep love for one another and for the Lord. And it's just been an honor to become your friend oh, and to get to know you. So thank you so much for stepping into this podcast opportunity. Um, this is a together podcast and we would love for you to share this. You know, you've heard it and encouraged you. We'd love for you to share it with a friend and just thank you again, Jim, Sharon, for spending this time with us and thank you for listening. We'll see you on our next podcast. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your listening platform, leave a comment, and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries, or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.